Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and you are listening to On the Money, the number one small business show on the Business Radio X platform. As you know, I'm the president at Embassy National Bank, and Embassy is our very loyal sponsor. We like we put this show together to discuss topics that are very helpful to small businesses because at Embassy and, and personally, we want to see small businesses succeed. So today we're going to talk about um, actually analyzing consumer buying habits. And we have Mr. Brian Graken of he has his own company. He's going to talk about a concept called Meconomics. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Joe. Great to be here. I guess with technology the way it is today, we can analyze different, all the consumer buying habits and then figure out how to adopt those and actually uh, improve our sales or make our sales more consistent. We sure can. Technology gives us access to everybody's everything. So, for example, I can watch the marketing campaigns back as far as I want for all the companies in the country and then distill from that what their themes are and what their strategies are and then make those available to other people. That's why we're here talking. And then um, talk a little bit about your background. Sure. I've got about 20 years experience as a training designer, developer and presenter of platform training, 10 years in the corporate world, 10 years as an independent. In the last several years, I've added marketing consulting to the uh, plate of services that I offer to my clients. Okay. And um, you've done a lot of work with the big guys, right? Sure have. Uh, I was the training director for the Stainmaster Carpet Business in North Georgia, the home of, of carpet in the country. Okay. Uh, that says something. And as an associate with a company called Prospero Learning Solutions, I've been the lead instructional designer on a number of projects for Coca-Cola, Walmart, Citibank, Starbucks, quite a few heavy hitters. Okay. And um, so talk about Meconomics. Meconomics is a concept that starts with a, a woman named Martha. Can I tell you a story about Martha? Okay, good. Martha was somebody I met in a class I was taking. I was preparing to leave the corporate world and form my own company. And so I wanted to make sure I was on solid financial footing. Went to this class to help me prepare. And one of the people in the class was a woman named Martha. She would come to class in tears, leave in tears, and miss about every third class. And after she missed a couple classes, I got really curious. Martha, what's going on? She said, I've got really severe financial problems. I don't know what to do. My husband spends all our money and money we don't have. Well, where were you last week, Martha? Well, I couldn't take the stress anymore. So I flew off to Miami, stayed on the beach, rented a sports car, went out to some nice restaurants. And for two or three days, I didn't have a care in the world. And then she broke down in tears again because she realized what she had done to herself. That was the first time I asked myself, why do people make the buying decisions that they do? Fast forward a couple years. I'm doing a number of projects working for Coca-Cola. Some of those meetings are on Friday afternoons. I'm leaving downtown Atlanta, driving to LJ, Georgia, where I live. And I go by the Cumberland Mall. And you can't find a parking spot in the mall on a Friday night. And I want to stop for dinner. And you can't get into a good restaurant without a two or three hour wait. And you walk into the mall and there's a waiting line out in the hall for the nail salon. Mm -hmm. And again, we're in a recession at the time. And yet, Look at how people are spending their money. Again, the question in my mind was, why are people spending money the way they are? That led to the concept of Meconomics. A lot of research I did onto companies that were recession-proof, as well as a lot of companies since. How are they marketing their goods and services 
to get people to buy, especially the recession-proof companies. That's interesting because you did you have a, a statement in our little show prep that said many luxury car dealers, I wouldn't expect that one. Coffee shops, I would. Restaurants, I wouldn't expect it. Spas, I wouldn't. And entertainment businesses never experienced the recession. Often with growth rates of 5 to 10 or above 10% every year, even during the recession. So, and here are some of these, um, you know, coffee shops I can see. It's it's a kind of a, it's a 5 to $10 kind of spend. You know, you don't really think about it. But restaurants, spas, entertainment businesses, and luxury car dealers, you would think those are the ones that get whacked in a recession. You would think so, but people are spending money. The reason is, why are they spending money on the things they are? There's a lot of market research and neuromarketing research, you know, putting electrodes on people's heads and all that sort of thing, trying to figure this out. I took a different approach. I looked at what people are doing with their wallets and where are they spending their money. From those recession-proof companies, I then tried to extract what are the strategies they're using? How are they targeting customers? Which customers are they targeting so that their businesses can continue to grow even during a recession? What could you come away with? Let's start with the luxury car dealers. I'm curious. Well, I like a rule of three. One of the examples I had there was Mercedes-Benz, the perfect combination of want and need. It was kind of their approach. Notice they put wants before needs. It's not about transportation. It's about what you emotionally want from the purchase. And so looking at them and many other companies, I distilled three key variables or strategies. I call them lenses because these companies are looking at the marketplace through these lenses that are the foundation of economics. The first lens is self-image. Can I appeal to or help someone create their self-image? And from the examples I gave you, think spas and nail salons, cosmetics companies never saw a recession. What's your self-image? Number two, are you entertaining people? That's the second lens. Provide an enjoyable shopping experience, customer experience, or product or service. Think amusement parks. Mm -hmm. And three, pamper. Can I pamper myself with this purchase? Think the luxury cars. If you can appeal to one or more of those three lenses, self-image, entertain, and pamper, you have the heart of a successful marketing strategy. And what I've tried to do then is make those strategies available to small businesses, as well as think about selling processes and business management that parlays them in an integrated way. All right. So going, let's just take, uh, at the bank, we bank a lot of, um, hoteliers. You would have a campaign, I guess that would, and I guess, uh, I see some campaigns um, relative to the business traveler. So what they're trying to suggest, they're trying to appeal to that self-image as a business traveler, I would think. And, and what is that person's self-image? Because you've hit on a critical element, good point, Joe, that you have to understand the self-image of your target customer and then market to it and provide beyond that a selling experience that, that leverages it. So what is the target self-image of your customers? Is it, I'm a professional? Is it I'm uh, very thrifty when I travel uh, or somewhere in between? Is it I'm deserving? Uh, is it I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy and I want a coffee bar and not a $5 coffee in a restaurant? What is the self-image and then market it in your targeted marketing? So you, you try to determine then, for example, if there's a, if there's a segment out there that says, um, I deserve to be well taken care of because I'm traveling then you'd go after that. I would go after that in that way. You deserve to be treated well. Look at everything you're doing. You're giving to the company. You're away from family. You deserve the very best, and that's why you should come to our hotel because okay. we'll treat you that way. Or if you're trying to sell an economy hotel, you'd say, look, you're very mindful of your money, and but you'd really like to stay at a clean place. We get it. Come stay with us. 
That's right. No frills. You won't pay for things you don't need. You would market that way. Two very different campaigns based on the self-image of your targeted customer. And so, and then the, um, the want need, uh, you know, now that I think about it, Mercedes is all about wanting me to want that car. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think in terms of demographics when I analyze marketing campaigns. I think of emographics. What's the emotional composition of your customer base? Because emotion's powerful, emotion sells. Can you understand and therefore target those emotions? That's what the luxury car dealers are doing. Okay. The entertaining piece of it, I guess you kind of split that as well. You kind of say, here are the people that deserve to eat a good meal once a week. Or they feel like they deserve a good meal once a week out on the town with their significant other. So you appeal to that. Yeah, entertainment has several different uh, dimensions to it. It's an interesting part of the economics model. And if you understand the different dimensions, you can pick the one that's right for your business. Entertainment can be, it's like a chuckle fest. It's as much fun as going bowling and out for pizza. But entertaining can also be just an enjoyable customer shopping experience. We've heard a lot about the customer experience being critical uh, at retail and in sales. Is that the concept between like Bass Pro Shop and all these places? Cabela's. Yeah. I have a daughter who takes her family to Cabela's when they want a fun afternoon because let's mm-hmm. go look at the taxidermy and the fish and, you know, all the fun things that you can do inside of Cabela's, especially in the winter. And it's uh, inexpensive. They don't have a cover charge. Right. But chances are you will probably end up buying something. That's sure the idea. They're providing an entertaining experience. Entertainment can also mean a simple experience. Think about the last time you bought a car. If you financed the car, uh, it takes you a half hour to negotiate the car. Then it takes two hours to do all the paperwork on the financing. Or right? four or five, right. Is, is that an enjoyable experience? If somebody could turn that into a 15-minute fun experience or at least simple experience, they'd have a competitive advantage versus other car dealers. So a very powerful part of it. Either it's, it's fun in the experience, the product, or the service are fun, like an amusement park, or it's a simplified experience giving you competitive advantage versus other businesses. And then the um, pamper part, I get that. People do like to be pampered. Um, I can think of, uh, let's say, uh, marketing to a group of men, your spa services. I guess I could see how you could do that and say, we're going to pamper you. You deserve this. Come on in. Sport clips. What's their slogan? It's good to be a guy. Right? That's a pamper. Sometimes. Aspect. <laughs> When you're at sports clips, it is. Right, right. Sports on the TV, hot towel, haircut, attention. Right. We like to be pampered. Okay. And then going back to the, the so like a nail a neighborhood nail place, they could embrace this, correct? Absolutely. Who are you appealing to? Self-image, the person who always wants to look their best. So you target that way because it's probably not cheap, right? So it's not a cost savings approach unless that's your particular niche in the nail salon industry. Uh, you want to look good, but you want to save some money. Yeah. So you, you know, you might divide it up even a little further, but your basic customer is the customer who wants to look good and says, I'm deserving of some treatment. Pamper me works its way in. And if you've got music, they enjoy playing. You're playing the entertain card as well. I talk in terms of three lenses, but the more of them you can employ, the better off you are. So, um, so how do you do this? Let's start with your marketing. Okay. Think about your target customers. Why? Start with the customer because they have the money. So let's start with the target customer, whatever the size of your business. Okay. Who are they and what do you think their self-images are? iPhones, for example, one of my favorite cases. Whenever a new iPhone comes out, there's data that says 80% of the sales of a new iPhone go to people who already own an iPhone. Why? Because they're early adopters. They're techno 
feel like people, they, they like the latest, the newest, they got to have it, even though the old one works just fine, right? So you understand the self-image of your target customers and build that into your marketing. Then you go back and look at your marketing, your taglines, your log lines, longer description of who you are, your website, your social media strategies. Do they target? Do you have messaging that target those people? When I talk about social media, it's not so much about the mechanics and which platform should I be on, but what's your message that you're delivering through social media? But how do you determine what is the self, what is, how do you determine your target customer? And, you know, how did Apple determine, for example, that this is the group that we want to go after and this is how we're going to go after them? They play a technology and an entertainment strategy when they introduce a new iPhone. The last several iPhones that have been introduced never mentioned in their initial advertising the fact that you can use it to make a call. It was an entertainment platform that lets you make a call. So they figured out that people want entertainment from their phone, even to the point of texting and all the things you do on the phone are entertaining because they keep you occupied sure. and you keep coming back to it. So you experiment. I mean, any business, when it's trying to establish a new business, is thinking about what market am I going after? What are the characteristics of my target customer? They typically do the demographics, age, gender, location. I talk in terms of the emographics, add the two together, and it'll focus you in. I've analyzed that there are six, seven, eight different fundamental self-images that those recession-proof companies and many others are using, from the do-it-yourselfer to the I deserve it, to the early adopter, to the I want to be pampered, I'm unique, and several others. So from that list, you can then pick the ones you're going to target, might be more than one, and make sure the messaging in your marketing is aimed at those self-images. Is there data out there that shows you um, how many are customers are out there in those different categories? Well, there's large-scale data that do that, but I think you have to think a little locally okay, and yeah. really do your own research and your own thinking. And it may be as simple as look at your customers from the last couple of months. What have you noticed about them? What do they seem to be primarily interested in? And therefore, that's their self-image. Yeah, because um, you know, we sell ho-hum banking products give me an idea of of how a bank could use this concept to better sell their products well i'd look at the uh, types of business you do uh, look at your loans for example what percentage of your loans are going to small businesses what percentage are private loans uh, what percentage are car loans and from that what kind of cars are people buying and and you extract information about self-image by digging down into your own customer base Okay, so um, uh, an entrepreneurial customer base, I guess you appeal to the, uh, the, th the thrill of the transaction, the uh, likelihood of success, and all those kinds of things. that to Share the dream. Yeah. Right? The entrepreneur has a dream, and business is going to make them rich, serve a lot of people, uh, help the community. Whatever that uh, <coughs> characteristics and makeup are, you go after them with your advertising because you're helping them make that dream come true. Okay. This is On the Money, and uh, you're listening to Joe Moss, and um, the I'm your moderator, and we're talking with Brian Graken, uh, Brian Graken and Associates, and we're talking about a concept called Meconomics, which is understanding uh, consumer buying habits uh, to uh, improve your sales. But uh, we're, we're talking about examples of um, – companies that never really experienced the recession and uh and i thought how curious that was luxury car dealers we talked about let's talk about coffee shops let's talk about starbucks i mean how do they create that want to want to spend 
75% more for a cup of coffee. You can pick how many different combinations in a Starbucks, right? Are they appealing to the self-image that says I'm unique? Absolutely. You can have it exactly what you want. Think back to the old Burger King days. Have it your way, right? Well, they've taken that even further with all the different combinations and sizes and treatments and flavors uh, that you can get when you go to Starbucks. So they are definitely appealing to the self-image that says I'm unique, I'm an individual, and I'm willing to pay for that because I can get exactly what I want. And I'm amazed every time I go to uh, McDonald's on the weekend for breakfast and uh, somehow I got to fight through the uh, Starbucks drive-through line uh, <laughs> before I can get to McDonald's. But uh, it's just interesting how we've convinced ourselves that we got to have that $8 cup of coffee. That's right. Well, your self-image requires it, right? And they're appealing to that self-image. They're also providing an environment, right? I've heard Starbucks described as a modern-day saloon. That's where you go to hang out. It was one of the first places to put free Wi-Fi mm-hmm. available to people. Let's, let's just hang out and chat and socialize at Walmart. Instead of going to the mall or to a restaurant, we'll go to Starbucks. And so there's an entertainment dimension to what they offer and market as well. Okay. Brian, you've written a book. Uh, I have a copy of it. So talk about Meconomics 101. What, what can we get out of this? Okay. The question I often get from other folks is, why did you write the book? So let me start there. Okay. Uh, many businesses have multi-million dollar marketing budgets, but most businesses don't. There's over 25 million small businesses in the United States. They don't have multi-million dollar marketing budgets. Mm-hmm. So what I've done by analyzing recession-proof companies and many other companies I've studied since the recession is distill from that these three economics lenses, self-image, entertain, and pamper. And my objective with the book is to make those strategies available to every business in the country. Because after all, every business is competing for the same consumer dollars as Coca-Cola and Walmart are competing for consumer dollars. So I've tried to make that available in a book that takes those three lenses and applies them to marketing and the selling process and to business management with an integrated set of strategies. That's a little bit unique. Talk about some case studies. Um, You know, we always talk about the big winners. We talk about uh, Mercedes. We talk about Starbucks. But let's talk about some companies that didn't get it and some of the mistakes that they made. Uh, well, I'd rather talk about successes. You uh, learn more from mistakes sometimes. <laughs> you do, and, and I don't have a whole lot of that to share right now. Okay. Uh, my, my focus is well, on the successes. Well, let's talk about some wins then. Okay. Let me give you a few examples of people that are doing a Meconomics kind of strategy. They just didn't know it uh, because I hadn't developed that umbrella trademark at the time. Uh, Tax Act, when it comes to self-image, their slogan is, you got this, right? They're appealing to your capability, that part of a self-image. Uh, GoPro, cameras. Their slogan is be a hero. I thought I was just shooting movies. Now I'm going to be a hero. Oikos Greek yogurt. Their slogan is be unstoppable. Did you know you could be unstoppable if you ate their yogurt? Apparently. At least that's what they're appealing to in terms of uh, slogans. On the entertainment side, uh, my favorite Super Bowl commercial was the Honda Ridgeline commercial this past Super Bowl. Not because I thought it was such a wonderful commercial, but the only thing they talked about in their truck commercial was the fact that they had speakers in the bed of the truck. So if you go to a ball game and you're doing a tailgate, boy, you've got a better entertainment system. A car has become an entertainment system that and takes you places. What company was this? That was the Honda Ridgeline truck Wow! in the most recent commercial. Uh, Pillsbury, right before the Christmas holiday this past year, their slogan was, get to holiday fun faster. Making cookies is apparently about the fun of making the cookies, but let's get this over with so we can get on to the fun stuff. Let's, let's talk about that one for a minute. What were they trying to accomplish with the Doughboy? And, and then they're kind of moving away from the Doughboy. 
I understand moving away. I guess I understand. Let's have fun baking cookies. But how did the all the you have any thoughts about how the doughboy figured into all that? I think they were appealing to a soft, fun image as well at the time. Uh, that goes back quite a ways, right? But uh, they want you to feel good about it, and it's something that's squishy. It's like marshmallows almost, you know, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, same kind of concept. Easy, and nobody's being critical. It's easy to do. Yeah, and don't you just want to give them a hug, right? right. They're appealing to that. And, and you're the mom, that was the target at the time, who feels that way and wants to hug the whole family. I can give them a hug through Pillsbury Materials. And you know what? It's easy. It doesn't make a mess. It's quick, and I can spend more time with my family. All right, let's keep going down the list. This is good. Pringles, potato chips, another one of my favorite I have favorites. no idea how those things created a want to tell us about that. <laughs> their current slogan. They're really not that good. Yeah, their current well, slogan is, like you don't just eat them, you duck lip them. And they show a picture of a woman with two Pringles potato chips in her mouth so that they make duck lips. It's about entertainment. You buy wow. Pringles so you can have fun fooling around with them. That's their message. Uh, not unlike that, Frito-Lay, one of their current marketing campaigns says, taste something fun. That's why they're doing all these different kinds of flavors. Mm -hmm. Fun, right? Yeah. It's, it's an entertainment strategy for a food stuff. Have jalapeno and cheese. Try it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, different adventure, exciting, fun, right? And on the pamper side, one commercial that's out right now is the Dodge Ram truck. Shows a guy sitting in front of a barn on a bench, and the slogan is, you don't have to be a king to be treated like one. Get yourself a Dodge Ram truck. Is that pamper or what? Boar's Head Lunch Meats. Do you think they would have a pamper campaign? They do. Their slogan is compromise elsewhere. Well, get, that's, get yourself that's a Boar's good Head point. Meats. Yeah. And of course, they're not the cheapest available. But you know what? Compromise elsewhere. Samsung, another great example of uh, not the phones that are having all the problems, but Samsung's refrigerators. You may have seen commercials for a refrigerator that has a video camera inside the refrigerator, and you can communicate with it off your phone. Uh, you can be at the grocery store and check to see if you need any eggs. It's the Samsung Family Hub refrigerator. I've I not seen that. I don't know that we need that, but that is, if you want to pamper yourself and get style as yeah. well as the latest technology, if that's your self-image, you're an early adopter, you want to be treated well, then then let's go with, with Samsung right, Family a, Hub refrigerator. That's a good example of, of companies that... Uh, that have kind of failed is Sears trying to sell a refrigerator. I think they just said everybody has to have a refrigerator. Let's just sell them. But they didn't create any kind of a image with it. Have they? Right. And Samsung has taken their technology brand, right. And applied it to an appliance in a way that nobody else has yet. I'm sure they'll be coming, right. Somehow it'll be a self cooking refrigerator someday, just like we're getting self-driving cars and, and trucks and everything else right now. But they've taken that technology brand and applied it to an appliance. Mm -hmm. So they're appealing to the person who likes technology, to the early adopter. It's a millennials strategy and, and they're not cheap, right? But right. boy, are they cool. Watch this. Look on my, you can see my eggs on my phone. Right. And my time is very important as well. That's right. Right. And I can't be bothered to open the door and look. Well, <laughs> I only have a few minutes to duck in here and I've got to get what I need. Keep going. You got any more? Oh, sure. Uh, how about uh, Benihana restaurants? Their campaign is Experience Benihana. That's where you have the chef cutting and slicing and dicing and tossing things in the air. I haven't seen them around very much anymore. Yeah, they're still around. Okay. And they're still doing the same show. 
They're all about the show. They never talk about the food, the nutrition, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's about the show. The guy tosses things into his hat. He sets a little volcano on fire in front of you. Is, is well, that that's what the, the copycats are all trying to do. And yeah, But I, th I see the copycats, though, have started cutting their prices because, as you know, you go in one of those things, you see the steak on there for like 25 bucks. But now they're coming out with all these specials and still doing it. But yeah. keep going. Still having to work there. Back to self-image. Uh, one of my current favorites is General Nutrition Centers, GNC. Their slogan is Beat Average. Now, is that appealing to your self-image if you're somewhat health conscious? Sure. Uh, if you don't use our materials, you're going to be average. Well, well, that's not too exciting. Walgreens. Their slogan right now is whatever makes you feel beautiful. It's sure. not about get your aspirin. It's not about getting foot cream, right? Their slogan is whatever makes you feel beautiful, self-image, and pamper to some degree. And by the way, while you're in here, you can pick up all your prescriptions and everything else. And a gallon of milk. What and, is you know, CVS doing as an example? I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. Walgreens caught my Convenience. eye. Convenience. I never watch television without having a pad of paper nearby because I see a commercial that gets jotted down and gets added to I the I think list. CVS is selling convenience, are they not? Well, and, and they're also doing the Minute Clinic. So they have a, a strategy that really goes after the medical uh, mm -hmm. treatment. The right? flu shots and the, all that other the stuff. The flu shots and get wax out of your ears and whatever else you need done. And oh, while you're waiting, you're walking the aisles and you're grabbing this and you're grabbing that. So they've got a strategy. It happens, to doesn't conscious. it? Yes, uh, sure does. Um, Target. Doesn't the Target have a good one? Again, I'm not sure what that one is right now. Uh, but uh, how about uh, Sprint? Sprint phones. I have the right to be unlimited. Do you have a right to be unlimited right, in terms of your data plan? That. What happens to your plan when you go in and say, okay, I got unlimited data with Sprint, but then you realize you got to run somewhere in order to try to find a spot. <laughs> and that's why they're all advertising now. Well, we're everywhere too. And we're within 1% of those other guys. They've tried taking that out of the equation so that other parts of the offering. Uh, well, we went, we, we, we went for the Sprint thing and you would think that a place like, uh, North Fulton County would be well covered by Sprint. Well, it's not. It's one of their weakest areas. Yeah. We mentioned the Apple iPhone earlier. I want to dwell a little bit deeper on that. I happened to be in the North Point Mall here in Atlanta uh, the day that one of the new iPhones was released several years ago. And there was a feature on Atlanta local news uh, about all the lines and the crowds and the excitement and so forth. And they interviewed people who were buying a new iPhone. And I remember a couple of the interviews because they really struck me. One of the interviews was... I'm getting this new phone because I deserve it. I don't know that any of us really deserve anything, but we convince we ourselves we that we do. We think we do, don't we? Yeah, we, we worked hard, and other people are working hard, too. I made the mistake of saying that about uh, something with my wife, and it was not a pleasant conversation after that. You don't deserve anything. But. Yeah, another person said, uh, if I have this new phone, everybody will think I'm cool. There's no stronger statement of a self-image. Well, it's something that. to talk about. Certainly. I got the new phone. That's right. And, you know, and hey, aren't you jealous? Right. Uh, another one, this one really struck me, was a person that said, I think God wants me to have this phone. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, you've got a certain self-image about your relationship and, you know, the things that God has to worry about these days. But, OK, if that's what you think, whatever it took. But if you think about that, self-image, self-image, self-image is all over uh, why people are buying. And the, then to the go back iPhone. to the original Steve jobs concept of the phone he said it's gonna i'm gonna make it an extension of your hand i think that's what his initial push was i believe mm -hmm. everything will be at your hand so it was about um, accessibility being able to do everything right there well and you know take it one step further 
years ago, it was the Dick Tracy comics and Dick Tracy had a wrist radio. And now everybody has an iWatch or whatever brand they have. It's there, right? right. It, it's arrived. It'll be beaming us somewhere soon. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, right. For Star Trek fans. Any more? And we'll get on to something else. I mean, these are, it's interesting. And the, and the point I think is what can small businesses and even large businesses do that's similar? The, the point I running, can think, I'm just sitting there kind of rolling through. I'm thinking of a uh, little Ma and Pa hotel. Uh, we, we bank a lot of hoteliers. What can they think? You know, they may be listening and going, well, this doesn't really pertain to me, but it does because you can market to your local neighborhood about, um, you deserve to be pampered mm -hmm. or let's go have some fun this weekend or any one of those things. So you're really not talking about, Hey, I have a hotel. It's you're going to market to a want or a self image or an entertainment piece. I have an experience I can offer that satisfied an emotional need. Mm -hmm. If you approach it that way, I think you're going to market and operate very differently than if it's just a transaction. Yeah. There was a time where somebody was first to be able to slip a bill under your door so that you didn't have to wait in line in the morning and check out. Correct. Right. Right. Now everybody does that. But at the time that was something that pampered people avoid the line. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got your information. You can just boogie on out of here. Think about your experience, your processes, how you operate and interact with customers. Uh, that's the sales process or the selling part of economics. When you make a change, does it make the process more enjoyable for the customer? That's a fundamental question I would ask. And if the answer is no, I would reevaluate that change. What can I do to make it more enjoyable? Interesting choice of words. You didn't say easier. You didn't say cheaper. You said enjoyable. Yeah. Don't think about how you're saving money, how you're avoiding one computer, or you can lay off your IT guy because now you've outsourced uh, the operation or whatever. What's the impact on the customer? Has it made it more enjoyable? There was an element of entertainment that I said earlier was easier or simpler, mm -hmm. but in general, what's the impact on the customer? Don't look internal, look at the customer. They're the ones making the money move. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you're, um, you're listening to on the money we're talking with brian graken and we're talking about meconomics or basically analyzing consumer buying habits very very interesting uh i can tell you brian that i'm more of an analytical guy but you're certainly opening up my eyes here about uh how people really market stuff well my dirty little secret is i used to be an engineer before i got into the marketing world 20 years ago <laughs> but don't tell anybody else only 150 to 400 well, you, of your listeners at least you know um at least you know how things work, right? That's right. And, and so I do analyze things as well, which brings me back to the hotel uh, as a good example of the third part of economics, the business management part. I focus in on hiring and training and coaching of people from a economics perspective. So if I'm interviewing people to join the staff at my hotel, I might ask them questions like, uh, how do you feel about interacting with customers who want to be pampered? And if somebody says, oh, I can't stand that, they, they drive me crazy. Well, maybe you've just disqualified yourself. Right. Right. Uh, so think about self-image. You might ask that person, what's your self-image from this list? What's your self-image? And who do you think you would get along well with? And if that doesn't match up with your target customer self-image base, uh, maybe you look somewhere else. When it comes time to entertainment, in an interview, I might ask, give me an example of when you made shopping really fun for a customer. Or give me an example of when the customer told you that was a great time and they're going to keep coming back to you instead of going somewhere else because those other people were difficult. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'm, I'm learning here is that it's not about the transaction. It's about, gosh, the feeling around the transaction. That's how you differentiate yourself. The experience. Absolutely. 
And, and so I also recommend that people look at their whole sales process, all the way from greeting a customer to following up after a sale or a transaction, and what's going on inside that process from an economics perspective. I don't like the word qualifying. You know, classic sales process has qualify the customer. Uh, that means learn about the customer. I like using the word learning because mm -hmm. you know what? The customer's already qualified. They've qualified themselves by going online and investigating you. If anything, the customer is qualifying you, not the other way around. So I like learning about the customer. And, and um, we only have a couple minutes. We've kind of flown through this. You know, we haven't talked about, we've talked a lot about business to consumer, but uh, business to business, I'm sure a lot of the same concepts, I would think. Sure. When you talk business to business, you're still people to people, right? Sure. So, so the emotional drivers, uh, why people make their buying decisions still applies. But you get a little bit different twist. When it comes to business to business, instead of self-image, I'll talk about brands. What's the customer's brand? What's your brand? Is there synergy? Do they mesh? Uh, that's what self-image is about because it's captured in your brand. Mm -hmm. right? When I talk about entertain, it's about the simplicity of the process because you are more transactionally oriented, although a lot of business gets done at entertainment venues. And so there's a reason for that, and it's the entertain lens of economics. And when I talk about pampering, uh, I think in terms of give your customer a unique solution, something that's tailored right for them. Don't give them the solution that's easiest for you because it's standard, it's stock, it's an inventory. Give them a custom solution and see if they have enough value for it to do the transaction with you. Okay. So I spin it a little differently business to business. Yeah, and not, only, not everybody has to have the lowest price, do they? Absolutely not. You talked earlier about McDonald's and Starbucks side by side. Yeah. Starbucks coffee costs, what, four, five, six times as much as McDonald's coffee, and people buy it. Unbelievable. Because of the experience and all these other things that we've encapsulated in Mykonos. Right. Well, the other thing you do, I've noticed in, in what you've given me before the show, was you do a lot of uh, blogging of real-life examples and case studies that people can really learn from. Sure. I try breaking these concepts down into bite-sized chunks. And so I'm a pretty active uh, blogger on LinkedIn. That's, that's my primary platform. Uh -huh. I have a group about retail sales and training and economics, uh, approaching my 50th blog in the last year and a half on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty active there. Good and people you. can get uh, bite-sized chunks, things they can do today. I will never write a book that somebody leaves saying, well, now what do I do? Uh, instead, it's here's tools, here's tactics, here's techniques. That's 20 years of training where it's about skill development. And I try building that into the book. Okay. You mentioned LinkedIn, so tell everybody where they can get in touch with you. Look up my profile on LinkedIn or find a LinkedIn group that's called Increase Retail Sales, Colon, Training, and Meconomics. Okay. That's where you'll find the group and all the blogs are posted. They're also accessible through my LinkedIn profile. All right, and tell everybody about how they can get a hold of this book. The book is published by an independent publisher called Black Rose Writing. And you can go to blackrosewriting.com and look the book up. And the publisher has offered a 20% discount on the print version of the book for listeners to your show, Joe. Okay. All they have to do is use the code money, seems appropriate, yeah. uh, when they're ordering the book and they'll get a 20% discount. Meconomics 101, and it's available at blackrosewriting.com. Okay, and um, that's probably out on LinkedIn as well in terms of the link. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all the usual places All these as places well. are. Right. Okay. The Good. discount is only available through the publisher. Through the publisher, okay. Okay, everybody. You know, I've uh, learned an awful lot here about uh, how people are really selling me and uh, how I can, how the bank and myself can sell other people. So um, it's been a very interesting show. So, Brian, I'll give you the last word here. Well, it's about meeting the customer's needs. Uh, we've always talked about benefits. Why should the customer buy from you? 
Instead of features and benefits type selling, Meconomics is all about something I call BAF backwards. Make sure you're delivering benefits before you talk about features. And the benefits are the emotional benefits the customer gets. That's why companies were recession-proof, many of them, not too long ago. And their strategies are captured in economics and made available to your listeners. And then creating this experience around a transaction can make you unique. Absolutely. How you market to people, how you conduct the transaction, and then how you follow up afterwards, and who you hire to be part of your team to provide that for the customer. Okay. Brian, l- let everybody know your um, email. The email is Graken Associates. That's G-R-A-C-O-N, Graken like bacon, associates, plural, and that's all one word, Graken Associates at etcmail.com. And your website? Website is meconomics101.com. There you go. Okay, good. Well, listen, this has been a good show, and um, I really appreciate you coming down. We talked a little bit about Ella J before we came on the show. As you know, I lived up there for a while, but um, it's been a it's been a real nice conversation and i really thank you for coming down it's my pleasure to talk to you and your listeners so that's this segment of on the money uh this is joe moss your moderator It's brought to you by embassy national bank just remember it's about the experience create the experience around your transaction go to these websites get this book find brian out on linkedin he'll share a lot of good secrets with you so until next time have a good next couple weeks